And here they come. Louth, O'Brien, O'Neill, Conlon, White, Coleman, Bean, Riley, Cunningham, O'Donnell, Lynch, McDonnell, Rose, Smith, Blood, and me and... Breaks inside to Stephen White. The one man that can do it, and he's done it! A goal for Louth. Paulo Hanlon, a vital touch. Now he's Stephen White to his right. This must be it! It is! I don't believe it! Kildare must be out of the Leicester Championship. At midfield, wearing number eight, the first all-star ever from Louth, would you welcome Paddy Keenan. Arguably the most popular of tonight's winners, Paddy has led from the front for Louth since his championship introduction in 2003. Here's a chance for Rooney! What a goal by J.P. Rooney! And then it happened. Bean sends in from the sideline and Sean Cunningham finishes it at the net. Loud are in front. And here it is. Loud are All-Ireland champions for the third time. Championship weekend number two is done and dusted. The We Are Loud Champ Pod has plenty in there covering the whole weekend's action. We have uh, predictions for next week and also what players are on the radar for the new Loud manager next year. So there's all that and so much more. Thanks for listening. Here is the results from weekend two of the championship. Uh, I got a lot of abuse last week from my newsreader voice, so I'm going to go really newsreader now and give the results. Um, fixtures and predictions will be at the end. Hunterstown Rovers 12, St. Feckins 110. That was Tuesday night. Uh, Friday night, double header in. The Moctis, uh, Roach Emmets, 14 points. Glide Rangers, 3-8. Three, 3-point win for Glide Rangers. Westerns, 5-9. Wolf Tones, 2-13 in the Gaelic Grounds. Lanlear, 2-23. Nave Malachy, 1-13. And Sean McDermott, 1-7. St. Nicholas, 1-7 in the Gaelic Grounds. Saturday night, Napiercy, 1-7. Nave Finbarra, 3-16. Cooley Kickham's 10 Oliver Plunkett's 15 in RD. St Bride's 10, Maddock Rangers 10, also in RD. O'Reilly's 3.11, O'Connell's 3.18. Sunday night, double header in The Grove, Newtown Blues 1.17, Kilcarely Emmons 1.7. The later game, Dreadnoughts 2.9, Sean O'Mahony's 9 points. The Geraldines 12 points, Dundalk Gales 1.12 in the Clannagale. Earlier on that day, Dundalk and Ireland's 14 points, John Mitchell's 5. Um, the Feckins, 113. The Mockedis, 10 points in the Clannagale. So that is your results from weekend 2. Uh, fixtures and res, uh, predictions are uh, at the end. There's junior preview first, then there's a senior roundup, and I'll have Loud Radar at the end before the fixtures and predictions. So that was the results and here is the roundup of the junior championship. Let's start there. 
and this year's standard is the one thing that's really sticking out really high quality junior championship some really high scoring and some well taken scores over the weekend as well and a nice shock or two as well and it could be near you could say it's nearly evening off uh, of standard and the standard rising as well as well um, you have three teams that have gone through that have secured their place in the quarterfinals. That's Lanlear, that's Dundalk Young Irelanders, and the final team is Tommy Dornan's Westerns. But what you had over the weekend was uh, all the main contenders were out. Um, you had Glyde playing Roach in, in um, the Mock, the Loud Village in the Mockdis pitch in. Uh, in a lovely Sunday, a lovely sunny Friday evening, uh, really, really good game of football, a, ma- a game of two halves. Really, um, you expected Roach to come out of the blocks, all guns blazing, with a win under the belts, uh, having beaten Dundalk the first the first weekend. But they didn't. It was the Tallinnstown men that just shot out of the blocks and were really, really impressive. Now in the first half, they. Uh, the movement of the forwards, like you look at the forwards and they could they could all play senior. Like this the set of forwards could play senior football. And like you you've Garrett Moore who's returned, so we'll get to him in a minute. Um you've Trevor Bryan's layered experience, you've Connor Sheridan on the forty lead in the line who's layered experience, you have Niall Sharkey who's an emerging player, um Aaron Devlin's a nice little forward as well, uh, Alan Brennan as well has been around the block a long time. So it's a set of forwards that's that's not bad and then what what was even more impressive about the win was uh, they they started the game with the two first choice midfield pairing. So another forward to go into that mix up is um, Dion Conlon. He had fourteen on his back, played midfield with David Devaney, the 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 Galwegian warrior around the middle of the field, and they they, they absolutely dominated in the first half that the Tallinn midfield. On like. Unsurpri- like surprisingly so um, you would you would have expected uh, Roach to get on top there with the upheaval and a brand new partnership and what have you with, with uh, Kieran Sheridan failing a late fitness test and Brian Duffy not not available as well so they, they stormed into the game as you, uh, uh, as you didn't expect um, but it was the movement of the forwards and uh, I know Niall Sharkey will get all the praise. He got two, three, but Garrett Moran uh, returned. I think he was—he he is a guard, and he—I think he only returned this year. Um, he's with the guard team in Dublin, uh, Westmanstown, I think it was, and he would have—he would have played with them and got on with them. But uh, he was really superb. He was—he his, 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 just his presence alone up front showed leadership in the second half. Um, kicked some really good points but he just drove at uh, Roach's defence and they couldn't really handle it early on couldn't get the grips of that that level of uh, attacking play I suppose that the glide side are bringing from Division 2 and they just tore into them running great angle runs they were on top in the middle of the field um, Paul Noon was getting forward from half back Mark O'Brien so they were well on top uh, Nice Sharky cuts through for a goal with a lovely sweep and move nearly like a three man weave down the centre finishes it off lovely Sharky does um, then you have uh, Trevor Bryan causing Roach all sorts of bother inside um, so Brian Sharky and Moran in the full forward line Moran dropping a little bit deeper starting his runs from there 
and uh, couldn't get to grips. Sharky took the penalty, kicked a few long range frees and to his repertoire of scoring prowess. Trevor O'Brien did go off, didn't miss him in the first half, but then uh, Roach just got stuck into the game. Got uh, David Quigley started moulting around set the half. Started smashing balls up the field. They got a couple of couple of frees before before half time, and uh, they went to the score. They went to the score run of nine unanswered points. And you thought, Jesus, they're going to win this game. They were they were so far behind. They're completely out of it. Storm back into O'Hare and Callahan picking up the pieces. Dan O'Connell got molten around the middle of the field as well. Eugene Murray went in the middle of the field and he was, it was a good switch by the manager Niall Callan. Got them some parity there and then they ended up dominating. You look like they were going to storm it or at least get a draw, but then up up the field uh, they bring Kieran Sheridan off the bench, takes a shot from long range, crashes off the crossbar, hits, I think hits the back of Sean O'Hare, the Roach goalie, and uh, falls to Aaron Devlin who just poaches it and finishes it neatly into the net. The it was nip and tuck after that Moore showed great leadership kicking a great point like I said but those two boys are going to be those two teams are really going to be there thereabouts um, Glyde showed impressive they are even without the two boys to come in Roach showed what they can do when they get going they're very good going forward running through the ball Connor Carty was very good at uh, wing back uh, Quigley has loud experience as well but they got, they got going and they're fit they were, you could say they're a little bit fitter than um, Hanstein, Hanstein tired. Maybe it's a psychological thing that they, they had a lead to to to, 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 to kind of catch. But uh, two two heavyweights in the junior ranks slugged it out. And uh, then on Sunday you had uh, the young Ireland making a statement, uh, beating beating the uh, the Mitchells their first game out and. Young Ireland with a game under the belt did did uh, start out of the blocks really well. They were nine 0 up at half time and just pushed it on. Jordan O'Donnell, who's making a name for himself, I'll mention him later on. Derek Maguire got his first point of the championship. Uh, Dean Maguire flying as well. Uh, Sheiky came up and hit a forty-five. So they still look the best bet, but then they haven't been tested, and you you, you nearly need to be tested as junior. You know, or you get ahead of yourselves as the Kevins and the Plunkets found out, and Tully Allen found out two years ago. Uh, and then the second game in that double header um, was um, the Dunleer boys who uh, beat the Malachis in a really good game, and it just shows how far football has come along that. Sweepers have a massive effect on the game. Both sides set out with sweepers. It was tense. It was uh, a, a dour. It looked like it was going to be a dour game. Um, Dunleer had a little bit more quality. Could get their scores a little bit more easier in the first in the opening half. Opening exchanges, they kicked three points uh, to no reply, and then the Malachis against the run of play little Dylan Rooney got the ball twisted and torn twisted and torn inside the the layer defence out and slotted into the net and then it was uh, it was it was um, it was tight it was nip and tuck then they are a battle hardened team uh, the Malachis they still have a couple of players who would have played senior championship the likes of Colin Rooney who hit freeze uh, Roland Green um, and 
and uh, Daisy um, and the full forward line. But uh, it just it just shows they're uh, they're there thereabouts and look much more, more organised than they did last year. Jack Carron's a bit of a presence on the forty for them as well. They stormed into it. They looked they looked to get back into the game. They kept it tight as they could. But then uh, the uh, the boys came along and got a goal. The boys um, the boys being Lanlear. Um, Yoke was very good. Um, Pierce Hawkins around the middle of the field I mentioned him in a while um, got a goal just for half time Colin Murphy f- just played a lovely ball Hawkins made the run right down the centre the ball had to be perfect it was, didn't have to break stride ran through and finished low to the net and it was a, it was t- it was 2-8 to 1-3 it left 8 points in at half time um, Lanier playing really well with the sweeper system with Gary Monaghan and then on top of that you had uh, on top of that you had Roach sweeping with Ronan on Green they were 8 points down at half time they decided uh, we have to change it up here we have to go we have to go man for man all out all out attack it was a chance to took and the second half just showed how much tactics play even at junior level Um Ronan Green pushed out to the, out to the middle of the field um, the sweeper pushed uh Midfielder went back, uh, wing back. Um, looked like to be paying dividends early on. They got a couple of points from Jamie Kelly, kicked the, kicked a great score. Um, David Begley as well. Um, he, he started centre half. Good player, good chap. Kicked, kicked a nice point. And you thought, all right, they are going to get in the game. Colin Murphy then hits them on the counter attack. And that was a taste of things to come. He ended up hitting nine second half points, and some of his scores were just outrageous. Really, just just shooting the lights out. Really, he um, shot them from everywhere and anywhere on the run, on the stride. Didn't break stride. He kicked three unanswered points in a row. Kicked one sideline and kicked a free as well. But it, the sideline was outrageous in the corner, um, the fourteen yard line. Absolutely super effort. Um, just when when the sweeper went, the space opened up for them, and they just tagged on points. I think they went seven one in the last few minutes. Um, just they broke they broke the Maliki spirit. Really running through it, into all that space. The tightness wasn't there in defence. Um, Bob Murphy uh, got a goal in the first half as well. He's impressive, and Alan Murphy as well put in a very good shift. He kicked the point as well to, to finish the game. And Paul Callum was very good around the middle of the field as well. He landed four points. So as good as the Malachies have been, their improvement have, have has been. Uh, the go through, and they'll fancy their chances against anyone. They can mix it either going all out attack, or they can go go tight as well at the back. They have a good sweeper system. A couple of good young lads. We we'll get to those in a minute as well. But they look really good. And then finishing off the junior roundup, uh, you have. The Shawns and the Knicks draw, and that was a that was a bit of a shock. That was just that was a great result for the Knicks, um, and then in uh, the Gaelic rounds as well. The second that double header, it's nearly like a franchise team. Tommy Dornan's Westerns um, beat the Tones, who battled very hard. I mentioned that in the preview pod that uh, the Tones will give you nothing easy. And um, Tommy gets tr- three goals, and he's the difference. Um, he's going to be the difference at that level. But that's the junior roundup. Yep. That's all the 
if you'd like to add anything to the junior, if you're at any of the games or you want to give your own spiel on it, uh, contact that we are allowed. So a really good weekend of senior football, championship football. Um, none more so entertaining than the game between the O'Connells and the O'Rahillies. Two Division 2 teams, that's the group of the three Division 2 teams. And unlike everywhere else in Ireland, the attacks were on top. It wasn't the defences. Um, both stormed out of the blocks. The O'Rahillies got two early goals and it was nearly like... You have the ball, we have the ball, you attack, we attack. And um, that that was the template of the game until the O'Connells took over in the second half. Niall Conlon pulling the strings, big game from Jackie Agnew as well. And Paul McKeever as well, another another classy operator. And they, they, they stormed to win by seven points. Rory Moore didn't, looked injured, um, went off. He struggled to kind of... That's, that's where they kind of tilted at the game went. But... Uh, the O'Connells, like like everyone predicted, they they can uh, they can score, they can find a way, they can find the post, they can go on a run, they can they can be playing poorly one week and then just turn it on the next. That 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 side, that sort of a side. Robert Quigley as well as another ace attacker, and then you have Snitchy pulling the strings as well. So, um, strong around the middle of the field led to the domination. Sean Cairns and Sean Cairns, so. All in all, they're uh, they're they're looking they're looking like the most likely team top that group now. Um, p- predictions on the way, uh, but I focus now on the double header in the Grove on Sunday night. Um, opening game was the Blues and the Blues and the Kilcarly uh, Amets. Was it was a it was a scrappy game. It was it was a game where you couldn't you you couldn't believe that. Uh, Kilcarry were so far behind in the end because they were right in it. They were, they were, they were honest. They were honest about their business. They were tackled hard. They were didn't make it overly easy for the players, but then they're just absolutely relentless in in the way they go about business. Just constantly knocking over points. Anyone can score points for them, really. They they could even afford to be out, uh, be without two forward players. Um, Jamie Kelly came off the bench last week, kicked two points, he was away, and uh, county fullback Emma Carlin was also away. So that's that's five now on top of the lads that are away to America. And then you throw in um, a junk mode black card early on, probably a quarter of an hour played, and they still overcame that with uh, with ease. Um, junk mode was quite good, very impressive before he was black card, he kicked two points, he was he was solid around the middle of the field. Um, they got on top and Shane Lennon was the main focal point for attack for Kilcarley, who were actually without who had a big loss themselves in Tyg McEnany. He wasn't fit to start, he was his arm was in a sling, so that was a big loss for him and would have like you would have liked to see how, how they would have gone on if Tyg was there. Um, they might have made it a little bit closer. But they did make it a, a, a lot tougher for the Blues than they than defended against the Martins. They're, they only lost by eight points, so Coming down the stretch, they'll meet each other next week, and uh, they have a point. A draw now suits Kilcarley because it'll have the better score difference. But 
the Blues just keep going on and on. Um, a couple of new players come off the bench. They didn't play the week before. Um, Thomas Costello comes on and bangs his goal. It was his first goal for the Blues. Um, buried the ball to the back of the net. They just look ominous, really. They look, they look like they can switch in lads and pull out lads and and go up the gears and just be be absolutely relentless in in uh, pointing. Uh, just like one seventeen is a massive tally just on a wet night in the grove. Like conditions weren't great, handling handling wise or, or underfoot. So you're, you're just going with that level of accuracy. And Kieran Downey as well shining again. Andy driving on, and John Connolly as well stood out. Um, so that's 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 uh, that's the Blues Kilcarly game. Uh, and then on the other hand, the the big game after that was. Uh, Sean O'Mahony's and the uh, Dreadnoughts. I think if anything, it's confirmed the the win for the Dreadnoughts has confirmed <clears throat> everything we talked about them last week. That they're definitely a different um, proposition this year. There's something really about them. The way they're going about business. The way they're uh, they're, they're very ruthless. Very ruthless. Very um, noisily at the back. Don't give anything easy away. Um, like O'Mahony's. It's always an arm wrestle when the when they play, but Clough reveled in the arm wrestle. They missed a couple of wides early on. You thought, oh, they're gonna have a bat off night tonight, but just just put the head there and go about the work. And um, Peter Kerwin was the leading the line again. He's he's really leading. He, he's leading so much that it's it, he's outshining Pepe in the leadership stakes up front. Um, banging over some really key scores. Um, Liam Shevlin around the middle of the field again drove forward. And um, got the goal that kind of broke the game and made it a little bit of a non-contest. Uh, quickly followed up by a goal with Peter Carroll. A bit of a scramble at the end. Pepe might got a touch. It might be the own goal, but I think Peter Carroll got the last touch on it. The uh, O'Mahony's another another uh, another team with a class year class jersey. It's like the Kerry jersey except O'Mahony's crest on it. Um, Really, really nice. You could see that the the jerseys were just freshly out of the packet um, when when they took on the dreadnoughts beforehand. Uh, they had a chance. Did a goal? Did a goal chance at the end? The usual Conor Crawley high ball in, broke the ball down, and Kilcoyne, Stephen Kilcoyne had a great chance, but it was on his right foot, and he just screamed it across the goals, and. If they get that, there's three in it, and it could be a bit of a dogfight at the end, or a bit of an equaliser, or a bit of a scramble, or a bit of urgency. But the Mahonies had all the men there. They did their, their full squad, bar Court Murphy. Everyone was out. They had options off the bench in the new players they got Migali and uh, Carrigan. Migali actually kicked the point. Um, but it just didn't seem to click. Clark had a little bit too much for them, and they look a little bit. A little bit uh, smooth and a, a little bit of a good option uh, for the for going along going the whole way. Who knows that double header could have the two loud finalists, uh, senior finalists, the uh, Blues and the Dreadnoughts. They certainly look the most equipped so far. Um, it's a long way to go. They um, they shut up shop when they want to and they can hit on the counter. They've got a couple of good forwards now. They've a, a range of attackers. Pat Lynch is playing good stuff as well. Uh, his brother Cahill notched the point also. Um, Liam Shevlin pulling the strings and a strong midfield partnership. The Mahoney still relied on uh, John O'Brien. Just 
typical John O'Brien performance, just composed at the back, trying to get things going. Stephen Fisher got black card early on, and it, he was playing inside. He, was, he started quite lively. I think it was only it was three two or maybe two all when when it happened. Um, but it, it the game the game kind of lacked an atmosphere because there was such an arm wrestle and there was an air of inevitability about it. Um, Clark just getting about business and getting over the line. And they kind of choked the life out of the game, and they could do do what they wanted really. Uh, such was the control they had over it. And the fourth game in the Cedar Championship tonight was the Geraldines and the Gales in the Clans. And uh, as predicted, um, I felt the Gales would get over the line, and they did. An early Jeremy Sorley goal sent them on their way. Um, it was one twelve to twelve. Uh, Rafferty, Conor Rafferty and Jim McEnany weren't fit to start and that, that was always going to be tough for them um, and the Gales hit the ground running, got a great start and just held on and held on, Eamon Kenny got red carded at the end but they still had enough and that, that blows that group right open the group three um, the, other, the other team in that is the Pats, so the Gales and the Pats next week so Really, a really good, uh, really good, good games. Uh, a lot of uh, lot, a lot happening, and a lot of uh, a lot of teams finding out their best team and 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 smoothing out their their game plans and just present, presenting a few a few problems that they could pose to other teams uh, come down the stretch, and that's what it's all about. Uh, the uh, the Blues and Dreadnoughts. Are true to the quarterfinals. They're the only team safely through. Um, we have a couple of games up for grabs next week. I'll get talk to that now in a minute. But that's the that's that's the senior roundup. Another nice charity and a couple of tight games and same old same old Blues and Clare win. So on the Laird radar this week, um, it's about ten or twelve players here. Um, gone through and I'll start off with Pierce Hawkins from Lanlear um, mid- midfielder, young I think he's just out of minor, very athletic really good pair of hands and uh, he finished his goal very well the weekend but his all round play, he uh, he's a rough diamond, uh, don't get me wrong uh, but he has loads of potential if you got him into a, if you got him into a senior setup and Got him into a gym and just honed in and polished him off. And he he like he he has all the raw ability at the moment. Looking at him, um, he's young enough to develop. Um, also, you look at uh, uh, midfielder for Talonstown as well. Dion Conlon, fourteen on his back, full forward. He has he has uh, loud minor pedigree. Um, he, uh, he, he, I think he could have been a part of that RD schools, Lennon Cup winning teams as well. Certainly a lad you take in and could be a good player. Garrett Morn you take him back as well. Uh, he might be just under the age of 30, but he could do a job 
certainly do a job. Um, also from that game, Conor Carty really drove forward and has the potential, has the engine, uh, plays nice balls up the wing as well. Has the potential to maybe uh, step up and be call- be called in and be worked on and certainly on the radar of uh, being a good player uh, for the county setup. Um, Jamie Kelly as well, not the one from the Blues, the one from the Malachys. Showed raw speed and raw potential driving up the field time and time again for the Mals who are under the cosh. Um, kicked a nice point as well. Uh, then I suppose you're getting to senior players now. and It's just carrying on from, la- from last week. Um, Peter Kerwin again with Liam Shevlin. If you're, if you're allowed manager coming in next year, um, those are the two lads you want on the team actually. Looking at that <coughs> O'Mahony's and Dreadnought's game, there's probably about... 20 lads that have have, have loud experience from the past few seasons alone but you, you pick 7 or 8 out of that you'd get back into the county set up um, Robbie Brodigan was strong again uh, impressive performance for the uh, for the Plunkets and their win over Cooley uh, midfield domination um, Connor Moore uh, is an unlikely call for a lot of people but he is he, the more you see him the more uh, more impressive he becomes he he's kind of him and uh, Nally work work inside with the, for the blues he's mainly does the legs the leg work for for Nally who who tends to poach and kick the scores and finish do the finishing but more all round link up play and work rate and just his enthusiasm and honesty of effort is uh, is something you could really hold hold hone in on and it's infectious nearly. You can see the amount of work he does and he just gets the other teammates going, gets the half-forwards going. He's the first line of defence. He's very clever on the ball, very clever in possession. Um, he, he, I think he was the under-21 captain as well last year. Uh, he, he has plenty of potential. Very good player, very clever, and can, can kick a score as well. But he nearly sacrifices that side of the game uh, for the role he plays for the Blues. Um, Johnny Connolly as well goes. He was he was called up very early on. I think in uh, Colin Kelly's reign, and then the two years following, he didn't he didn't he hadn't played. The year they got relegated, I think he came on against Sligo and the big hammering over in the West. And he, I think he kicked the point in his debut. Stand corrected, but he's not a player like just solid. Just gets about his business, does a man marking job, no fuss, gets 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 on with it. Um, great player to have in your team. So those were a couple of players, a couple of people sent in uh, players as well that deserve the mention. So thanks, send them on, keep sending them in. I get them up next week. Uh, so that's it. That that's about ten or twelve players on the the loud radar for a potential new manager next season. You'd like to have them in. Um, I suppose the O'Connell's lads have been mentioned. Um, like said, Jackie and Niall Conlon should be dragged into the squad. Niall has been in it this year. Uh, so, yeah, th- th- those, those are the players on the loud radar for next season. Uh, final part of the podcast, the champ pod, um, is fixtures and predictions. The intermediate fixtures for next weekend are Saturday night in Talonstown, the Piercy played the Kevins at half seven. Uh, Sunday in RD, 
Hunterstown face the Mockers at half one. And then the clans play Mattock in the RD at 3pm. That's a double header there. And then at half two in the Gaelic grounds, the Plunkets play Tully Allen. Um, the junior fixtures and permutations and predictions. So the Tones play Cuchulain Gales in a shootout. That's 8.15 in the Grove on Friday night. Uh, the Tones showed the pedigree. Hit 2.13 against uh, the Westerns. Um, the Cuchulain Gales didn't get out, didn't fare too well as well against the Westerns. So you'd have to fancy the Tones with their, with their scoring. Like Chris Cudden got 2-1 alone. They've uh, Mark Lugioni and John, Dean Haggins driving them forward. Niall Smith in the 40. Niall uh, uh, Smith's a rather uh, red-haired fella. Good player as well. So you, you'd, you'd fancy them to get through. Um, and they, they'll come second in the group then behind the Westerns. Um, before that in the Grove, the Miles take on the Knicks at 7 o'clock. The Knicks have a chance of coming second in that group if they beat the Malachies and, and gained uh, three points. Um, but you'd have to expect the Malachies to beat the Knicks. Um, they're going they're going quite well. So, yeah, you predict the Malachies there. Um, in uh, the, other, the other games, the other junior games, um, the uh, Stabannon and the Mitchells is in Talonstown at 6 o'clock on Friday as well. This is a straight shootout as well. The draw will suit the Mitchells because they're minus 9, it's the man on the minus 17 after uh, losses to the Young Irelanders respectively. Um, although the Mitchells fare better against the Young Irelanders, the Bannon played within themselves and have the potential to beat the Mitchells. Um, I think I fancy the Bannon to go through in that one. I think, I think they'll, they'll be strong enough maybe to... To get to get across the line there. Although the Mitchells are quite good as well, they're not bad. Um, no, I I will give this the man I did a week off to prepare and probably looked at the Mitchells last week. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with the man in that one. Uh, the Glide go back to um, the Moctis Loud Village to play Dowdles Hill, and they should get over Dowdles Hill to to top the group. Um, Dowdles Hill win. Um, they're they have to win by a certain amount of points. If they win, um, they're minus seven at the moment. Glide are plus three, and um, so they the top the group that they win by about ten or eleven points. Uh, and then to get ahead of Roach, they have to win by eleven as well. So. Uh, I'm not fully certain on that one. I should have worked that out with paper, but I can just I can just see Glide ruling out all the maths equations and just getting across the line and beating Dowdles Hill. That's at eight fifteen in um, the Mock the Loud Village, and then also Lanlier are back in uh, Loud Village as well. They have two wins from two. They topped that group, um, so they play the Shawns at seven o'clock, and they should carry on their good form, Lanlier. Um, with the with the score and power they possess to uh, to beat the Shawns who actually have dipped uh, this year. There were there were there were a good outside bet there in in that group, um, but it doesn't look good now um, after drawing today or yesterday with the Knicks. So yeah, Lanier for that one and uh, senior fixtures next. Um, right, permutation sorted. Before I uh, go into the senior um, 
predictions and permutations and predictions. Um, so 6pm in Dowdles Hill on Saturday night, the O'Mahony's play the Marys. Marys are a minus two and the O'Mahony's are a minus six. So a draw would do the Marys to get through second in that group. Um, but I, f- and I fancy the Marys to do the job as well. They, um, they have a ton of forwards and attacking power that will just get them over the line again, the O'Mahony's. Um, Dowdles Hill might suit the Mahoney's actually now looking at it to, to be very, like, much more uh, used to that pitch and that getting tight battles they've won big quarterfinals there during the years but I think the Marys have too much attacking power and they probably owe the Mahoney's one with the the game last year and then the, the senior final as well Um uh, half seven in the do- in that game. It's uh, this is a, this is where the permutations come in. The Gales play the Pats. The Gales have two points. The Pats have no points, and the Jairs have two points. But they're, they're they won't be playing, so they they could get dragged into it as well. Um, the Pats top the group if the win by if they win by uh, six points, they'll go to plus five, and they, they'll actually top they'll actually top the group if they win by three points. Because it'll uh, it'll force the uh, Gales score difference to go down to naught, and the pass will go plus two because they have minus one, haven't been better the Jairs by a point. But if uh, if the if the Gales like completely combust all together and lose by six points, the Jairs will go through with the Pats. You know, the Pats will top the group, and the Jairs will go through, and the Gales will go out of it all together. So they'll, they'll they'll be conscious of that. So that'll be that'll. That'll be a tight game. Will be a tight game anyway. Um, both defenses um, should be on top there. Uh, I think I don't. I think the Pats were were uh, unfortunate. Like they kicked an awful lot of wides in that game against the Geraldines the first day out. They'll be actually kicking themselves over it as well. Um, have they enough to get over the Gales? I'm not so sure. They'll be really buoyed after that win over the Geraldines today. So I think I think the Gales will top that group with two out of two. Um, next Sunday then in Dunleer it's another double header it's uh, 7.30 the Jocks place Kilcarely the draw would actually do Kilcarely because they're minus 8 and they're mo- and the Jocks are minus 9 so I'll tell you who, how dominant the Blues were in that group um, I, I I don't know how this game could go I know um the Jocks have a game under their belt in Dunleer and they, they'll feel they've played within themselves against the Blues. But there will be a lot of pressure on them to get, like everyone expects them to be, to be Um Tyg McEnany doesn't look like he'll be fit, so that's a bit of a... They're fairly well caught there, Kilcarley. Um They've certainly fancied their chances with McEnany and Lennon inside. But the fact that they're out and the Jocks have a ton of scoring power with Sam Murray, Whelan, uh, Connor Healy, JP. Um, so, I, yeah, go for the Jocks in that one. Um, earlier in that doubleheader, 6 o'clock, the O'Connells play the Joes. And this is where the permutations come in. Um, obviously, the O'Connells win that game. Uh, they top the group. And the Rattys will go second. Um the Joes could top the group if they win by 13 points. And that would put their score difference at plus 11. But it would put the... Um, 
it would put actually they'd have to win by 14 points because the rally score difference is minus 5 if, they win, if the Joes beat the O'Connells by 14 points it'll put their score difference at minus 6 and that'll be worse than the rally so they'll go out the Joes will top the group um, um, the Joes the Joes will actually top the group if they win by 4 points um, it'll push it'll push sorry Sorry, no, hang on. It's actually seven points. If the Joes win by seven points, the Connell score difference will be uh, not. So the Joes will then be uh, plus five. <laughs> um, hopefully hopefully that, that comes across clear. If not, I'm sure people will get into me about the calculations being wrong or I made a mistake. And actually do get into me and let me know because I don't want uh, to mislead people. But I think I'm fairly bang on there. I think the O'Connells will put everybody out of the uh, mathematical equations by by beating the O'Connells. Oh, by beating... <laughs> she's confusing myself altogether. By beating the Joes. It will be a tight game, but I see them beating the Joes. And uh, that concludes <laughs> weekend number two. A uh, bit of confusing end there, but... Yeah, that's that's it, really. Don't, like, it, this is probably the most exciting weekend, the toured weekend, where people are actually going home and it's a proper knockout it's a proper like around 16 as you will before the quarterfinals um, some fascinating ties there some good venues for them as well should bode for a great atmosphere and great games and great excitement and uh, great calculations um, but yeah no I can see the Marys the Gales um, the O'Connells and the Jocks winning in senior um, thanks for listening. That was weekend number two uh, roundup and weekend three previewed. Loud, loud players in there as well. Do get in contact. That we are loud on SoundCloud and we are uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, I've been Daniel Bannon and thanks very much for listening. Man, we just fell about the place.